0: Hi, this is Tamson Granger. This is Dan Abuhoff. With Tamson and Dan, read the paper. Yeah. January 10th, 2024. This is actually episode 351.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That's well, we a have to lot of episodes. We have to we've been doing this for a while. Yeah.
1: Well, we didn't celebrate. I don't know if we can early.
0: celebrate any more than we've already celebrated this well, past well, let's weekend. We can't go into detail. With your birthday.
1: Yeah. Well, we did, have, we did have a big blowout this weekend. It was a big blowout. An uncharacteristic uh, Granger Avuhoff blowout, which we're going to tell you all about because that's the kind of people we are. We don't, uh, you know, keep things behind closed doors. We're uh, going to tell you all about the blowout. So, Tamsin had the idea that what we should do this weekend is go to New York City on birthday weekend. In particular, what started as just let's sneak in on Sunday night, Tamsin said, you know, it's supposed to be a storm this weekend. Initially thought to be much snow, turned out to be wintry mix, but a storm nonetheless. There won't be anybody in the city. We'll be able to do whatever we want. Let's stay two nights, stay the whole weekend, and we'll get into shows and we'll get into restaurants. And I said, "Uh, sure, that's the kind of guy I am. Sure, let's do that. Kind of- <laughs> so uh, we went in on Saturday. You know, we made our hotel reservations. We got uh, very economical rates, you know, because it's a slow weekend, because the weather is exactly as Ms. Granger described. Uh, and we Miserable. Got- Miserable. Miserable day. And uh, we got in there and uh, we made just some plans, uh, but not, uh, I didn't plan out the whole weekend. We kind of were zen, as Tamsin likes
0: to call it. No, 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 what, no, no, we, we planned the whole, we planned, we planned as Saturday. we went along.
1: We planned Saturday. No,
0: no, 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 we, I bought tickets for the show on Friday. No, no, we planned for Saturday. We planned for Saturday. But okay. nothing for
1: Sunday. And I bought tickets, so uh, thank you. I, but I you're, told you co- cl- <laughs> I told you You're to. close. So, uh, so the first thing we did was, uh, the first thing of note that's worth talking about, uh, is we went aside to, from
0: taking the train in, yeah, that's, that's not a point. Let me just say, we took the train in, yeah, and we carried backpacks, yeah, that's all we, we had were traveling light. Yeah, it, was like it was like two, we kids, were two kids in Europe
1: <laughs> backpacking backpacking into New York City, and that's that's the way we go take the subway, take mass trans, super. So, uh, on Thursday, there was a review of a restaurant called Port Said, which was very interesting, fascinating, really. Uh, a Middle Eastern-type restaurant, perhaps Israeli, uh, with food. Allegedly yeah.
0: combining food and listening to records.
1: Well, would seemed odd. It seem odd. It's obviously it does seem it's odd. a restaurant review. the first three paragraphs are about the music. And not to say that the music is unique, but that there's a DJ and they don't play it too loud. They play it loud enough that you get into it, but not so loud you can't speak. That merited three paragraphs in the review, for whatever reason. Uh, but they did convince you with the rest of the review that this is a great place and the food would be quite innovative and it's kind of an exciting atmosphere. So what it said to us initially, immediately was, we'll never get in here. We'll never get in here. The review was Thursday. We're in for Saturday night. Right? And and you got, you made a restaurant. You made a well, reservation. I was I was
0: just lucky. Yeah. Okay. I think that... Um, well, just, the weather was bad. you. But it's not like I was checking the reservations every minute. Yeah. But at one point, you know, when I was still formulating this plan, I said uh, I I went online and there was availability for two yeah. at like five o'clock. Yeah. So I grabbed it. Right. But it's worth saying that the review was a funny review because it also said. He said one of the times that the reviewer went to yeah. the restaurant, yeah. the food was completely flat.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. Yes. Yeah. He
0: said it was the music that saved the night. Well, um, So the music is a big part of it. Now, we should mention that it's not so much about being innovative. Uh, the food is um, the original restaurant. First of all, where is it's downtown. Yeah, near the Hudson, Tribeca uh, right area, yeah. Hudson uh, Street. Yeah. Okay, but the the original it's, restaurant it's the was Holland in Tunnel. Tel Aviv. Yeah. Yes. Okay, the original port, and it's Said. still there. It's a chain. Yes. Yeah. It, well, it's not a chain. It's, it's a, a collection. group of restaurants, oh, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, owned by uh, Eyal Shani is right. the yeah uh, it's, chef, it's, it's, but uh, so it was interesting food. Completely accessible food. I hate it when you say innovative. That makes it sound like it's uh, bizarre or crazy. No, it doesn't. Crazy it's innovative. Or it was totally you... innovative.
1: Innovative is the word.
0: Okay. It's the uh, word. I... We,
1: we had a beet appetizer. Now, you're never going to catch me, you know, without having a drink first ordering a beet appetizer. But this beet appetizer was unbelievable. And it was shaved beets, shaved very thin with salt and, and perhaps some olive oil. Maybe a little more lemon juice. I don't know. It was fantastic.
0: Horseradish. Yes. It was fantastic.
1: <laughs> Never seen anything like it. All right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, uh, I think uh, you'd call it a bruschetta. I don't know what you'd call. What we. What we the yeah, other there was a bruschetta.
0: Was, it was piled with, um, was it ricotta? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, roasted peppers. Never
1: saw anything
0: Completely like it. simple, but
1: right. uh, completely uh, delicious. And as an entree, we ordered... The most expensive uh, thing they had, and no, frankly, it wasn't. It, it yes, wasn't. It was it. very expensive.
0: <laughs> uh, and, and it
1: was. This is not an expensive restaurant, I should say. It really wasn't expensive.
0: Oh no, it didn't. It's. It calls itself a, a small plates. Yeah. Meant for sharing and sampling. Right. Well, I yeah. ordered what
1: they call the Lubino, which Lubino, which is really a Bronzino, either way, and it comes in this pan, on a in flame. Flames, like he ordered cherry's jubilee, uh, and it's uh, cooked with tahini. Yeah, well, yeah
0: a guy came down the aisle and, and just and yelling, yelling, yelling fire, fire, "Fire, fire, fire!" And you know, and, and it was
1: our dinner. And we're sitting at the bar in this <laughs> packed place with the music going, and uh, it was fantastic. It was jug? I still haven't figured out what jug is, along with the tahini. Uh, spicy, but great. You know, it was not like it was the biggest piece of fish in the world, but it was the way it was cooked, right? Right. And look, it. It might be, It's in the, if it's not number one, it's in the top five of restaurants I've ever been at in terms of the restaurant experience. And the people were super nice. Yeah. Super nice. Right? Yeah. And, uh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, and and, it, and as it should be, it's nowhere. Again, it's near the Holland Tunnel. It's not near, there's no other restaurant near there. It's like you're in some godforsaken place. I, mean, I think there are place. restaurants near there. Calm no, none, down. Calm none. down. All it's right. your first time right. on that street. So then, uh, <laughs> then we went to the, the the theater event for which we had bought tickets, no, which I had bought tickets.
0: We fought our way to the subway. I mean, it was well, the weather Gale was terrible. Right. winds yeah. with s- some kind of odd combination of snow and rain. That's right. And, uh, and we, you were say- to, we only had to walk three blocks. It seemed longer. they were three killer blocks. And you're saying to me, <laughs> you know, what are we
1: doing out here in this? And I'm saying, this is, we chose this. This is why we're here because of this. So we go up, uptown. We go to the theater area. Now, we had bought, I had bought on StubHub, tickets for uh, Pearly Victorious. Uh, and, then, and frankly, we not too many things we were considering seeing. Pearl Victorious is one of a very small group. I don't think there's much there in Broadway right now, but put that aside. Um, and uh, first we had the the episode about buying the tickets. And let, let me talk about tickets because I have this article that I've been saving about stats on Broadway. You know what the average ticket price now for a Broadway ticket is according to?
0: Uh, uh, $157. $161. Pretty close, huh?
1: Average. Do you remember when uh, the producers broke $100 and people went crazy <laughs> Okay, as the highest? The average ticket price is $161. Yeah. yeah. And the they, they do in this article say that the good news is the average age of theatergoers appears to be going getting a little younger at 40, uh, the lowest number in 20 seasons. They're more black, indigenous, or people of color who are going 29%. The average income, average household income of Broadway theatergoers... $270,000. In other words, it's 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 a rich man's game. Okay? That's the way it is. It's an expensive thing. We got on StubHub, or I got on StubHub, Pearl of Victorious, What did we pay? $50 a ticket? $60 a ticket? Something like that. Because we just lucked out. Uh, and again, weather was bad. People were canceling. Okay? Right. So grab these tickets.
0: Um, and there were you know good tickets in New York. So, so we lucked out. So we lucked out. Not only was it your birthday, yeah. things were falling into place. Yes. In a very Dan Abuhoff way. Exactly. You know, destined to put a smile on Dan Abuhoff's face. That's the story of my life. So,
1: yeah. and then we, we saw a Pearly Victorious, which is a uh, a play um, by uh, da, 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 Ozzy Davis. Ozzy Davis, Ruby D's husband, Ozzy Davis, which was first <coughs> produced in 1961 when he wrote it. And uh, there was a musical called Pearly that was based on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably even better known than this play that's been produced and revived since then. But this has never been revived. Uh, so let me stop for a second. I'll see the floor to you. You can tell us about the play and
0: what you thought about it. Tell you about the play? Well, no. it, it, it's, uh, I'm not even sure when it takes place. Well, now let me come back to that. Okay, you're going it, to deal with it's that. Per- it turns out it's purposely it, it's, um It's about a whole fantastical scam yeah. being put together. Um and uh, by Pearlie, who's played by Leslie Odom Jr. Right, Uh, and uh, and you know it's just some crazy scam to get some money to start his church, but it's really about uh, relationship between um, a the blacks that worked. On the farm of the the massa right. and his son, so right. it's a you know kind of a um, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It was uh, it's a comedy? Let me it's jump a comedy. In. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's a comedy with the sort of hard hitting truths.
1: Well, hard hitting. We'll, we'll get to the truths in a minute, but uh, it 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 definitely has a message when and when. Uh, you know, was written, it very much uh, was written with that thought in mind. Ozzy Davis was trying to get across some of the experience that he had uh, growing up, again, this is 1960, uh, some 40 years earlier, 20, 30 years earlier, in Georgia, which is mm-hmm. where this takes place. So there are harsh conditions there. And it's interesting that you bring up right away, when does this take place? Because if you said, you know, it took place... Although we still slavery, you say, well, I can't quite because these aren't slaves. But it feels like it could have been 20 years after. It could have been the late 1880s. I don't
0: and know. It, it seemed like the people on the farm or whatever it was were slaves. Yeah. They were treated like slaves. Well, they, they were. Okay. So, but clearly from the context of the, you're looking at the clothing, right. et cetera, it, it was... Place much later than that. Okay, so okay. Let,
1: first, let, let me just talk about the, uh, the production at the more surface level for a moment okay. before we drill into uh, the content. The only reservation I have: uh, it's a very funny play. Okay, it is a very not a funny play. It's a very funny play
0: and very well acted. I agree with that entirely. Leslie Odom Jr. I mean, he was a fast talking preacher, preacher, yeah. and he was uh, unbelievable. It, Terrific.
1: Right. And Leslie Odom Juno, of course, the guy who played Burr and Hamilton. Uh, no singing here. but No singing. Charismatic.
0: And uh, who was the young woman who played?
1: Carrie Young. Carrie Young plays the woman he, he takes. He, he convinces he, 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 he presents to go to, along
0: with this. Um, scheme.
1: Scheme. And, it's, and she's his she love interest. She was so, amazing. Unbelievably funny.
0: Very funny. Great physical comedy. Yeah. Great timing. Right um speaking she was finding laughs where it just couldn't have
1: been in the script because it was all physical acting it was, and, and
0: it was over the top yeah. it, 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 it was over the top and yet you weren't saying oh how ridiculous right. you were just rolling in the aisles yeah,
1: yeah. so it, it's a very funny play we enjoyed it a great deal um i looked at the reviews a little bit and yeah. one of the things that pops out in the reviews is they say you know it's not clear when it's supposed to take place uh-huh. which is a little confusing and uh, they even mentioned Martin Luther King at some point. He said, no, no, this could not have taken place in 1960. It makes no sense. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he's, he's trying to make it some some timeless comment. Again, he's re, he's he's depicting something that took place when he was young in terms of the conditions. Uh, and the antagonist is this guy might as well be a plantation owner, sort of an over-the-top right. southern, um, you know, blowhard, if you will. Uh, and... And most of the jokes, if not all the jokes, is that isn't this guy stupid? And or and, and is it there? the the well, it's all black characters who are stuck in these conditions who are just manipulating this guy as best they can because he's an idiot, and this idiot blowhard. Uh, that said, he has some power over them, so they have to maneuver in some way. So to and, survive. To survive. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here, here's, here's the thing that just pulls me back a little bit from this play, and that's this. And I'm looking at all the reviews, and all the reviews I've seen are positive. I didn't read every one, but I had read The Times. I saw Vulture, New York Magazine, a few others. And they all say, you know, uh, the timing is not clear. It was written in 1960. It wasn't revived. I'm I'm summarizing. And it wasn't revived in part because people said, well, it doesn't make any sense to revive it. Things have changed so much since then. It's no longer timely. Uh, But the truth is, Things haven't changed since then. Nothing, it's never been more timely than this. And this is really on top of things is showing the way that, 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 that race relations are. So, you know, who's Oz to the people putting on. Um, here's the problem with it. There's a lot of back patting going on here, okay? It's very easy to sit in the audience. Uh, first of all, the audience, you know, I, I would say, uh, well, either you have black patrons or you have white patrons who are from New York or clear enough from New York. And what we're all doing is laughing and lapping up the notion of these Southern whites are such, you know, cretins that, uh, and they're still cretins, that uh, they certainly deserve all they're getting here. And that's why it's very easy for all of us to laugh at this. Uh, and I'm saying to myself, this is a little too easy. Okay? This is, uh, if, if you are from the South, if you're a white person from the South, you're watching this, I don't think this goes down that easy. Uh, and I'm not even sure, I just don't know how accurate this is. And I understand why people weren't putting it on recently, because it feels like it's caricature, right? Well, it's clearly caricature to some degree, but how big is it caricature? So there, that bothers me just a little bit. It's a little too much limousine liberal back Yeah, those Cretans in the South, <laughs> they deserve all they're getting here because they're so bad when it comes to race relations. Um, so that. Bothered me just a little bit, honestly, but uh, it is a very funny play. You have any reaction to that or, or not?
0: No, I, I, um, I understand what you're saying, but on the other hand, I feel like uh, part of Ozzy Davis' point was um, that this still goes on. Yes, I know. Okay, and I think you know it's not like uh, I mean he grew it's attitudes. And, um, I guess, uh, necessities that he grew up with. Right. You know, and uh, and I think it's an important point that, uh, wow, it, it seems like slavery. It oh, seemed, no, 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 no. You know.
1: But, but, but the way the production's interpreted and the way it's kind of left open in terms of timing and the issue about putting it on again, there's no question in 1960. Right. He's talking about his lived-in experience and he's depicting something that he personally experienced. To have it 60 years later and say, you know— Resonates because things haven't changed in the South. is the way some people are reading it. I'm saying to myself, I don't know about that.
0: Um, But I think there are still a lot of constraints that are completely relatable. And, you know, I've been reading reviews and watching interviews about this uh, movie, American Fiction. Yeah. And uh, I'm very interested. Very interested to see that because it. uh, That's a little bit of the switch up, isn't it?
1: In terms of getting caught in the opposite end of that. We should see the movie.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll see the movie very soon, and then we'll talk about that. Yeah. But it still is, you know, about being black and working in a white world. Yes, okay? yes. That's true. And working within stereotypes. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, trying to manipulate those stereotypes uh, to some advantage yeah. whether that works or it doesn't work at how ultimately satisfying it is and uh you know uh, that's that's all fair okay that's all fair so, look there, there are a lot so of we'll great laughs see, we'll see about that it seems to me but some of the laughs are a little too easy that's it was fair. not hard yeah. i know you got the world's cheapest tickets yeah um but there were many tickets available uh-huh. when i looked and i'm just surprised because it is a very entertaining show. Well, I don't know when it opened and I
1: think it was just extended. Okay. Well,
0: I hope people go to see it because but, but for, for all I know it's been running for a long time. How, mm-hmm. how long has it been running? Do you I, I don't know offhand. You were the one doing the research. Well, I, I wasn't interested I don't know in that subject. When it opened. It opens. wasn't an issue for me.
1: I just wanted to make sure it was still open. Uh, yeah, do I think they're going to make money? Uh, I don't know. Uh, look, the only way this show gets on is if Leslie Odom says I'm doing it. And if you read the playbill, it's quite clear that that's how it got on.
0: Oh, yeah. It looks like he was invested in it. Right. I mean, he, a lot of people are involved in this production. Right. Samuel L. Jackson, right. Felicia Rashad, Alan Alda, right. um, Kerry his, Washington. But his name's so, above the title. Uh, if you don't but, have
1: a name above the title, you don't put that show on.
0: Um, but, I, I, again... The performance was. He was, was He, was great. he was great. Even and, even the um, supporting actors that we're not even talking about. Yeah, all great. Yeah, all, yeah.
1: yeah. Carrie Young, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Great. As I said, s- steals every scene she's in. Okay, so then we're not done. So then uh, we have a Sunday for which we made no plans. We wake up in the morning, and we, it's miserable. It's miserable. Still, but we decide we'll go to MoMA, Museum of Modern Art. You're You're and charles museums what do you have to say about that
0: yeah because usually we like to get up and go for a stroll through central park etc yeah. but the the weather was still against us mm-hmm. and uh, so we we popped into the uh, museum of modern art and it was fun because it was warm <laughs> there was a, a good crowd yeah. you know a lot of young people there yeah. Um, and uh, you know we we saw some classics. Mm-hmm. We you know we just uh, Well, we let me say we weren't spending the day there. Let me but. say,
1: from a person who's, who's uneducated about the arts, we have a lot of famous paintings in that museum. Yeah,
0: well that's the fun of it. You turn around,
1: you see. I hear someone saying, "Yeah, I didn't. I thought I'd have trouble seeing Starry Night." I go, "Starry Night." And there you go. It's Van Gogh. It's right there. And then, then there's, there's this Picasso and there's that Picasso. I mean, the Picassos that you recognize. Not not the ones he, he drew on a napkin in a cab. You know, the
0: real Picassos. You know? One yeah. f- big painting after another. Boom.
1: You know? So... So,
0: um, yeah. So so that was just... That was just fun. And there was a, a, actually a nice uh, Picasso exhibition. Uh, not huge, but Nice about his years in at Fontainebleau, um, which is uh, an area in France. It's also, you know, it was famous for an academy of mm. art there. Not that he was necessarily involved in that academy at the time. But what's funny is the original owners of the house we're sitting in now, the woman studied art there. All right. Well, she was not So in had That, any, that little I, connection. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And... Um, so we, uh, you know, we, we had a good uh, little um, sojourn. All right. So then inside,
1: we head out for dinner, and uh, we head. Uh, you're in charge. You're leading us to Via Corota, yeah. Which, which turns out, I learned later, is a restaurant that's even more difficult to get in than Port Said, and
0: we get there again. The strategy, partly because. Taylor Swift has decided she likes it. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so it's so it's on it's, it's terrific food. Yeah. I didn't even realize the Taylor Swift thing so much, but uh, you know, once a celebrity likes it, uh, well, yeah, it's going to It's it, it, again downtown. Out downtown, out of our comfort zone. And uh, Not at Daniel, it's in an area we've been to many out, times. Out of my comfort zone. Right.
1: And uh, we get down again the same strategy where they're a little bit before five because we're going to see something afterwards, and the, the,
0: but they don't take that many reservations. They right. take some reservations, and everybody else has to get online.
1: Right, you get and, online, get online to make a reservation, and they right. only start talking. To put your line, name in right at yeah. five o'clock. They say, okay, now we're going to talk to people online to make a reservation. How's that?
0: Yes. Online on the street, yeah. not online. online. Online, no online. Yeah. What did you the traditional online? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> physically. <laughs> exactly. On and the weather is right. not super. And but I wanted to go there because the menu appealed to me because one of the women, um, Jody Williams, who's involved in this restaurant, uh, um, started bouvet, uh-huh. uh which is French little French restaurant that's quite uh, right. terrific down the street. And uh, this is adventure she has with Rita Soldi. They're described as self-taught cooks. And uh, Soldi is really trying to create food that reminds her of her home, Italy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have such fond memories of trattorias in Italy yeah. and wonderful, warm, cozy right. uh, meals and so I'm always flailing about trying to find restaurants that give that feeling again, and which is not easy to do in this day and age. I know we've been cranky well, and complaining about restaurants a lot. Well, we don't go to lot. New York that much, so we. Yep, but it's we, uh, so here's what happens:
1: we are online at five o'clock, and there's a long conversation between the uh, restaurant person and persons online. It's not one of those just give me your name. Because people are making reservations, it's like 30, 9 o'clock. It's, it's a whole deal. They get to us. We don't want to eat right away. Long story short, we're seated within 15 minutes. We're probably seated to 10 minutes. Seated at like 5.15, 5.20, which is perfect for us, right? And uh, it's very nice. Very nice restaurant.
0: Uh, and again, service is super, you know. They're very nice people. You know, we've been to, we went to a lot of restaurants over the last two months because of... Locally. The, yeah. And the service is fair. It was, it was, uh, sometimes it was just uh, mean. <laughs> it, was just not, it was just, I
1: think indifferent stores, Indifferent. In yes. And
0: that's absolutely, and here we are in fancy schmancy places yeah. in New York. Yeah. And people are lovely and generous and attentive. Right. And you say, and you know what? It wasn't that much more expensive. No. Than the crummy places. The, the, the port said
1: was no more expensive oh at all. I mean, this was a little more expensive, but it was, uh, and the food was super. I mean, the, one, the dish that sticks out in my mind is the chicken liver bruschetta, which I'll say is chicken liver was sort of combined with lemon juice and perhaps a few other things. So Which was, was nice it, because
0: uh, chicken liver can be so rich, Yeah. so that uh, acidity of the lemon juice kind of uh, cut and it that was a, a bit. It was a lot of
1: chicken liver, and then it was
0: fantastic. It was fantastic, yeah. uh, and um,
1: and we had salad. We had uh, sardines as we like to do. We had grilled skate. sardines, we had skate, and uh, and skate. Yes, and and I had the best. I love skate. The best pale ale I've had in my entire life. In large part because it was an unfiltered pale ale, I believe. It was, because right. pale ale can be bland. But uh, it was on draft, unfiltered, fantastic.
0: And we had a lovely chat with the guys next to us yeah. yes. who seemed to be eating yeah. bread with a scoop. Like butter. an ice cream scoop of butter yeah. and an anchovy on yeah. top. When you say she's
1: eating, that's what they were served. i was seeing that, them eating
0: it. No, they were eating that. Oh my god, it's so gross. It, I kept saying to them that can't be butter. It can't be butter. What is that really? Yeah. Um, but uh, yes. they were nice. So we had, uh, you know, just everything about this experience. It was beautiful. Right. It was sociable. Right. It was delicious. And then we went. To and-
1: a s- small jazz club. We had uh, made a reservation uh, early, a couple hours earlier to go to Mesro. Now, Mesro is a small jazz club in the area. We had been to Smalls. Mesro and Smalls were like sister jazz clubs. And when I say small jazz clubs, I'm talking about small. Small. I mean, it's like you're in the basement. You know how people have exposed brick sometimes as have an effect to make it look you know, cute or something. This exposed brick earned in the most extreme possible way. You're like in a bomb shelter. But they stuck a piano in there. They stick a bunch of seats, one on top of the other. You're crowding with other people. The poor waitress has to serve drinks. I don't know how the waitress does it, but they always manage. And uh, it's actually pretty inexpensive. And you see, you know, a jazz perform. In this case, we saw a woman named Melissa Stilliano who's a singer, but she was singing in the trio with a uh, bass player and with a piano player. Uh, and she was interesting. Uh, she was good. I mean, I'm not uh, saying she was fantastic, but when you combine the setting, and we are we're sitting, I don't know, 10 feet from her, uh, 12 feet from her. I mean... Uh, and it's a very intimate setting. And you're talking to the people next to you, of course. You're talking about a Who are big experience. fans? But, yeah. Fo- follow her. We sit down. And the guy says, <laughs> says, you know, have you been following uh, Melissa? We say, no, we just bought the tickets. We want to go to Mesro. He said, oh, really? He said, have you been following us? Yeah. I've seen her 15 times. This would be the 15th time I've seen her. The guy's like a stalker, you know? <laughs> All right. And uh, there are a few people like that. They were real fans, you know, fanboys. And uh, so that was fascinating. That was pretty interesting. Uh, we enjoyed that. Uh, nothing like what we have out in here in New Hope. And uh, there we go. And then the next day, you went to the Metropolitan, the big museum. Well,
0: we got up, and we it was a nice Oh, oh we morning, did go to Central Park. And yeah. we did, uh, although it was chilly, yeah. have a nice walk through Central Park right. um, uh, with the dog walkers and everybody else. Yeah. And uh, then we parted ways, and you went to your old office. In a new place, and uh, I went. I went to the Met and had a good time. uh, In the Costume Institute, actually, yeah, they're having an exhibition about women designing for women, right? And and I actually took a tour because I don't know anything about costume about designing, fashion, and uh, so that was fun to have somebody talk about uh, the different designs and the people involved. so that was fun, and, and then we crawled home. Yeah, Uh yeah. So, so that we that, was it. that the, was it. The big seven zero.
1: The big seven zero. Yes. Yeah. We celebrated in style.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh,
1: then we have a few other things to talk about. You were, I know, we're taking a look at
0: uh, this production. Yeah, well, we big you know, uh, you know, we do enjoy holiday movies. Yes. And we talked about. Uh, Cinema Panatone, cinema Panatone. Uh, Cine last week, yeah. the Italian obsessions, and uh, this week we we both saw this little article about a German New Year's yeah. tradition of watching a British short comedy. It was filmed in 1963. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's about. 17, 18 minutes long. Hmm. And uh, the article was about uh, Americans finding out about this, and, and in particular, um, one guy who put his reaction on YouTube. and But they, apparently, it's a tradition in Germany. Mm-hmm. Everybody watches this film. It's played maybe several times yeah. on uh, December 31st. It's in English. Everybody seems to know right. all the words. There are certain. And we should get the key, name. The name. This uh, the name is dinner for one. Right. Okay. It's done by a comedy team, who performed it live for yeah. years, starting in the forties, and uh, then a German performer, uh, Peter Frankenfelder, you know, was flailing about looking for stuff. Uh, actually um, convinced them to do a live taping mm-hmm. in, in the 60s. And it's been playing, it's been popular yeah, it's, it's a little in bit... Germany ever since. So we tried to watch it. I tried to watch it. You you succeeded in watching it. I got all the way
1: through it, right? you think? But it.
0: Well, there are a couple of problems. Yeah. And one is that it's, you know, British humor from the, you know, Mid-century, yeah. mid-twentieth century, and I can't say it always works for me. Mm-hmm. All right, there's a lot of physical humor, tripping over right. things, yeah. uh, drinking too much, etc. But uh, you know, I guess if, again, it's interesting to me that there are still these cultural pockets. You know, there there are you know things that uh, appeal to a in a particular context to well it's people. Linked, it's linked to the holidays people it's say linked it's to a the holiday holidays, tradition. but it's linked it's a, a german link to the holidays you, you just you're it, not going to necessarily you know, he, get anything he, he, out of it it's just like you're not going to be able to laugh at the the christmas holiday italian movie well, if say, you're here, not italian
1: cinema pentone uh Petitone, whatever it's called
0: you know it's hard to
1: understand to identify the appeal and yet it's become a tradition this dinner for one it's hard to, to get into it right away but it's a tradition and i'm sure if you looked at some holiday movies that people manage to watch every year in the u.s for someone particularly out of the country they would say well, why yeah. why are you watching that
0: you know? well for instance we watched meet me in st louis meet me in st louis is a great movie okay <laughs> and you loved every minute of it all right uh, and so but, but this one, I mean, this Dinner for One, first of all, it looks like it was filmed in 1898. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just... There's it no uh,
1: production values is the problem.
0: Zero. Okay. Zero. It's somebody set up a it's camera. black and white. The sound right. is bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, so uh, there you have it. We're still... We're not... We're not... Um, a homogeneous yeah. society. Glad. I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad too. Okay. Um, and you won't let
1: me watch Cinema and Panettone, then I'm, you know, I'm not going to watch Dinner for One. So I'm sticking with Meet Me in St. Louis. That's
0: the cool. Italian stuff you can watch, but you got to be prepared that it, it is rather bawdy. Oh, I, think and, I can handle that. Uh, sometimes body in the wrong context is just context is not that funny. But okay. and maybe you'll think it's funny. I don't yeah, know. All
1: right, um, all right. so. Let me change the subject. The Times has written three articles, one each week over the last three weeks, about check fraud, if you can believe it. And The first article said that check fraud is rampant and it's so rampant that you can get on a website. It's not even on the dark web. It's on the light web, which I guess is the web. And and, and there are (laughs) – where they show you photos. Somebody showing you photos of checks that you can buy
0: that are basically fraudulent checks. There's a fraudulent check that you might take advantage of. So somebody could – buy one of my checks that I've sent right, right. in the mail to pay right, right. one of my That's vendors. That's been altered.
1: Well, it was done clearly. The first article saying, what the heck's going on? I'm buying a check for $100 for $50 because there's some criminal aspect to it, but I'm getting it. I Maybe I'll make And it, it was totally confusing. So the next week, the Times writes another article, which explains at how least how this is done. Yeah. Because you're reading the first article and you're saying, I, what, what, what the heck is going on? Except it sent the message, you know, you've got to be concerned about sending a check. That was the underlying So the second article explains how it's done. And it's similar to what you saw in Kimberly Akimbo, right? They say the thieves will get the check and wash out certain information and put in other information. So that's now set up in a way that the thief can cast the check. Okay? That's the methodology. Now the first thing you might So they change
0: the name or
1: they they, they might change the name, they change an amount, they they, they change things. That's the way it works. But there's two problems with that. One is, you know, how good are you at washing these out? Well, it turns out it can be washed out more easily than you think. And But the other thing is, how are they getting the check? And uh, so this goes to the Postal Service. How is this happening? And the answer is, well, it could be that uh, people are stealing checks from the mailboxes or somehow stealing checks from carriers' bags, or there are some people who actually in the Postal Service who are corrupt and giving these checks to people. It's, you know, they, they're laying possibility, but they don't really know. Okay. Uh, so it's a little bit, it's still concerning. You're saying this is still nutty. Then they have the third article just a few days ago, which finally, because someone's reading this saying, what are you guys doing? And the third article says, uh, here's a little more light on the subject, and here's what you might do. And this is the only article that matters. Okay. 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 First of all, there are things that you do you obviously don't do, you should never mail a check from your mailbox. You know, people put up the red flag, right. pick it up. Don't do that. Okay. Okay. And matter of fact, when you mail a check, you should go to the post office and put it in in the post office. Not in the mailbox, in the Inside. post office. Yes. Okay. All right. That's number two. Number three, when you write the check, and I learned this when I first learned how to write a check years ago, you know, leave no empty spaces. Put a line through to the yeah. end of the line so it's not there. But here's the thing that really... Finally, is helpful. Okay? Washing out the check is not difficult with a ballpoint pen. But it's very difficult with a gel pen. Ooh. Because okay. a gel pen, and the gel is absorbed by the paper and it can't easily be washed out. So from now on, I am telling you, you only write to check with... So much, this impressed me so much that I had written three checks I was about to put in the mail yesterday. And I tore them up and wrote three new checks with a gel pen. Which I had given you. Yes. I it's, always it, give you gel I know, know you're an
0: important part of the story, but yes.
1: <laughs> the point is gel pen for checks, okay? All right. Well, I
0: was wondering about the whole check thing yeah. because I've had a couple of different people that I deal with, yeah. service providers, yeah. that uh, stopped taking checks. Yeah. well, And uh, they said, we've had problems, right. you know, and uh, you either have to pay them through credit card well, or you deal with Venmo that. or something deal, like but that. But it's now on gel
1: pen. That's, that's the thing. Gel pen. All right. Okay. Thank floating.
0: you for reading all three articles. I, I'm the only person who did, probably. All right. So, floating pool. So it's been announced yeah. by the governor of New York, yeah. Kathy Hochul, that uh, New York State and City are going to put about approximately sixteen million dollars into a project called Plus Pool that involves creating a floating self-filtering pool in the east river okay good
1: sounds interesting
0: with the with the hopes that maybe there will be several of those in various water bodies really? all over new york mm-hmm. all right um, this this is part of uh you know they claim they're going to be investing millions also you know in regular new pools etc there's a Last year, 230 people in the New York area died um, due to drowning, and uh, they really want to make an effort to um, teach people to swim so that doesn't happen. Right. So they Although, give the
1: opportunity by having pools open. Right.
0: Right. So some people are saying, really, this is a you know a fun idea. You're going to spend zillions of dollars. Well, they said 16 the million.
1: Tim. 16 million is, is nothing.
0: 16 million is nothing? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, but they're but they're cutting the they're cutting the. I'm you, 16 swim is... programs. They're cutting summer programs. It's nothing. They're doing. They're doing. They're having trouble. You know, they're uh, having trouble at- attracting uh, I'm lifeguards. I'm not defending anything. People right, are doing. They, I'm telling you, it's such a small budget. They've got budget already item. nice pools. Yeah. They had a picture of a pool in Queens where only a fraction of it is open yeah. because they can't afford. They couldn't find enough lifeguards to, you know, watch the whole, Well, to but, open the but, whole but pool. See, so the pool is cordoned off one little corner of it. Right. People are allowed well, to swim look, in. There's mismanagement, They're cutting all these programs.
1: This mismanagement. And can't find lifeguards is, is partly a money issue, but partly not a money issue. So can't find is can't but find. But a
0: large part of it was uh, not a money issue. It was uh, a union issue. Right, so that's what I'm saying. You may remember. And uh, so I'm
1: saying 16 million is nothing. If they could have solved the problem of the pools with money, they would have been solved. But they couldn't.
0: Well, I mean, some people are saying it's lovely. These floating pools is a lovely idea. Not really going to save the kid and rock away from drowning.
1: Well, I can't speak to that. I don't know about that. And more pools better. So we'll see. Yeah, more pools better. Great pool awareness. All right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know the details of this. I don't have to know the details because I don't know they're going to really do it.
0: It's just weird. I mean, there are a lot of pools in New York City. Yeah. And we're going to build new pools. No, but the pools are are like... In
1: the river. It's a poster child for uh, (laughs) the difficulty of managing efficiently in New York City. They're so terribly mismanaged. There are so many different bureaus that are involved, and none of them really take responsibility. It's it's, it's a terrible situation. Um, All right. So we were going to say something about Paul Giamatti. We were interested and surprised, pleasantly, I guess that uh, he won a Golden Globe Award for his role in The Holdovers, and the woman who played uh, a supporting actress, I, I forget her name, she won a uh, Golden Globe also. But we were there was no one about Paul Giamatti that struck our interest. And we liked the movie. It's, it's a small
0: movie. I'm surprised he, he got a Best Actor Award, but good for him. Right? Yeah. Well that was uh there was a lot of surprise that it was it's uh, getting as much attention critically. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Uh, it's like I see it on all these top is. ten lists and Yeah, the holdovers.
1: and the movie that's not I see that I see on no list is Maestro. And the guy who doesn't get nominated, Bradley Cooper. I mean, I'm just surprised. I have no yeah. investment in this, I don't have my money in this. But uh I don't get it. But fine. Or whatever the awards are. anyway, they had a nice article about Paul Giamatti who uh, went to Yale undergraduate. His father was uh, the head of Yale for some time and then was the president of Yale. And, and then he was the commissioner of baseball. Uh, so he went to, I guess it was Choate, then he went to Yale, then he master of Arts at Yale. And, uh, and the article says, you know, he turns out he's nothing like uh, he's, his characters, he keeps <laughs> emphasizing. And he's sitting in the, in the interview in the library, in his own library, filled with books. He's really very bookish. Uh, and very articulate, and you're saying to yourself, really, he's nothing like the characters he plays. That's all the characters he plays. That's <laughs> what Paul Giamatti is, you know. And uh, anyway, he's a, he's an appealing guy. Well, he's he's not, isn't
0: he sometimes evil?
1: Yeah, in billions, he's uh, depending on whose side you're on. He's a little bit of a bad guy, but he's not often evil. Uh-huh. I mean, he's you know, he's an actor. He plays different. One parts. of the
0: things that struck me is they said that he said, Giamatti uh, said, no matter how they dress him up, yeah, he looks like he. He looks absolutely at home, comfortable yeah. in those clothes, whether it's an right. early president right. or a professor right. or, you know, whatever. Because he's, he's Paul Giamatti. He's, because, he's, yeah. he's every man.
1: Right. He, he, isn't, he hasn't an every man look to him. And uh, he was, he's good in this. He was good in Sideways. Sideways a little better movie than this. But, uh, you know,
0: I'll, I like him. So, well, you know, among the big uh, anniversaries yeah. of this um Time of year apparently is the fiftieth anniversary of the publishing of um, what's that book called? <laughs> oh, it's, it's the the world of
1: uh, cars and automobiles and something else.
0: Uh, the the uh, the Classic, right? Richard Scarry's Cars and Trucks and Things That Go. Um, published in 1974 which is largely and, a which,
1: picture book but that doesn't do it justice
0: no and uh, we were just abused the art there was a article in the an essay in uh, the book section of the times and by peter barons and he was uh, he actually starts it out saying they were cleaning out his uh, teenager's bedroom yeah. and figuring out what to throw out and he he thought you know Throwing out the picture books, the kids' books, was going to be an easy thing. And they came to this one and uh, they couldn't. They couldn't. And in fact, uh, he says children's books, this good, are an excellent reason to consider having children. Okay. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, and and he talks all about all the characters that we love. Who could forget Officer Flossie, a resolute vixen who has finally who finally apprehends the reckless speedster Dingo Dog after pursuing him across more than 60 pages, or the intrepid tow truck operator Mistress Mouse, who has never met a wreck too big for her teensy-weensy vehicle to handle. And of course, all through, so you're going through, there are all these fantastical cars. There's, the you know the tomato truck, the uh, pencil car, pickle, pickle truck, the pickle. Yeah. And um, so it's great fun. Um, you know, hazi has been loving going through it, and as they grow up and understand more about what they're seeing, yeah. and that you know that yeah, pickle truck is a weird thing. Yeah, so, you know, do, 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 do who knew? You say, but um, you're able
1: to say to, to your child, your grandchild, you know, is it a pickle truck here? And you go, oh, da, 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 da. oh, there it
0: is, there it is, there's the pickle yeah. truck, right? And also, of course, the great fun of it is on every page there's this little gold bug yeah. in uh, hidden or somewhere. And so you have to find a gold bug right. on every page. Uh, and uh, he remembers his son saying, where is that gold bug? Which is exactly what Hazy would say. Where, where is, where that, is gold- that gold bug? So we had,
1: we had sometimes <laughs> Hazy would look and look and maybe he'd find. And if he couldn't find the gold bug, he'd turn to us at a certain point and say, no gold bug on this page. And we'd say, Hazy, it's a gold bug on every page. Well, he got very good at it because we kept looking at the book. And sometimes we would look, and he would look, and he'd look like he was looking and looking and looking. And then he'd turn away, and out of the corner of his eye, he'd take his hand and go, that's where it is. He <laughs> had memorized where Goldberg was on every page, right, and he was right. just playing us. Right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, it's always fun to revisit a classic, isn't it? Yes. And it's fun when the classics, uh, you know, earn that title by mm. right? still being fun and interesting and engaging and uh Getting kids excited about books, yeah. No matter what, now, you know, dinner for one. Not sure if it's a classic. No, well, not but, for us. Uh, cars and time. trucks and things that go. Yes. Yes. Okay. All
1: right. right. So, so uh, glad you there. had a good birthday. Yes. Get out there is our advice. Get out there <laughs> and uh, write your checks in gel pen. Those are those are the takeaways. Right. right. Yeah. Right.
0: Go go to the city. Go out in bad weather. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. Um, Take a chance. Right. Take a chance.
1: Uh, all right. And uh, so we'll see you next week.
0: Until then, this is Dan Abbehoff. And Tamsin Granger with Tamsin and Dan Reed, The Paper. Guten tag. Guten Tag. Bonsoir.